Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yo, what's going on, my beautiful people out there? Welcome to Always Into Something Podcast, where we bring it to you raw and slimy, but you're definitely going to love it. I am Ahmad the God, hopefully inspiring the God in us all. Don't ever be good, people. Always be great. Catch us on 72 Entertainment Group YouTube page or any podcast platform across the globe for that thought-provoking dialogue, a definite eargasm. Okay, so, hey, this is uh, MMB, and I'm along uh, with uh, M. Parks here. Uh, you may have heard us from the Always Into Something podcast. But we're doing something a little different here. Uh, we both have a, um, you know, I, I will say me more so have a, a kind of a love-hate relationship with wrestling uh, right now. But when I was younger, I watched it a lot. Um, really like the old school stuff back in the late 80s, early 90s. That was when I really started to get into it. Um... Parks, how about you? When did you start getting into the wrestling? Uh, Mid eighties, watching it uh, Saturday mornings, uh, Saturday nights, and uh, Monday nights, especially as uh, kids. My brother and I would spend the night over at my grandmother's house through the week because my parents had to go to work early, and my grandma would watch it, but she would send us to bed, and it would be on, and so. We would be in the uh, living room watching between her house plants, hoping that she wouldn't turn over her shoulder and see us peering into where she slept at, you know, watching what was going on. And when we couldn't stand up because she was suspicious, we would just listen. And then I had glasses. I couldn't really see anything because I was afraid that she would catch me with glasses on and I get that good whooping. So we were sneaking and watching more than we were actually able to watch just because of bedtimes. But yeah, I go back. I think um, with us doing this, I feel like we might be challenging for some like intercontinental tag championship, not no heavyweight, but just like the little belts. And as we continue to do this show, we might start to move up in the ranks as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I can dig that. I, I, and now, was it primarily like NWA, the Jim Crockett stuff, or was it WWF at the time? We were watching both of them, WWF and NWA, and then it was like a UCF or something like that. Um, I can't remember the, the acronym that it stood for, but they had a lot of the NWA wrestlers in there as well, so they would kind of go back and forth. Okay. I think that this is back when it was real, real territorial. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, right now, um, you know, I don't, I don't even know if we're ch- challenging for the Intercontinental Tag Team. I think we're, we're just kind of getting, getting, get. Our, oh. 
So we the brothers that said the ring when the music hits for the headliners to come and whoop up on? We 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 already in the ring. <laughs> already in the ring, just standing there with our we just gotta we just wait you know for people. That might need to be the day for this this entire podcast is already in the ring. Uh, already in the ring. I like it. I like it. Um what are they doing there? Who are they? Haley <laughs> Crumb, Hearts Unknown, Weight Unknown, <laughs> MMB, and M Parks. <laughs> no yes. words. And the next thing you know, you hear the Road Warriors and see them run into the ring. <laughs> that would be, just know it's going to be a two minute squash match. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So. So we decided to watch, for whatever reason, I, I was like, oh, let's watch the Royal Rumble. Let's start with that. Let's go with the first Royal Rumble, and then let's go to the 2020 Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, so the first Royal Rumble um, that they did was not a pay-per-view. It was done on... Uh, on USA Network, just a regular television yeah. broadcast. And what uh, what was that? Uh, George? No, was it my not Monsoon? Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Mon, yeah, yeah, Gorilla Monsoon and um, Bobby Heenan. Was it Bobby Heenan or was it Jesse? No, this was Bobby Heenan back in the day because Jesse was actually doing the commentary for um for the show. So he was there with Vince. Okay, so yeah, it was Vince and Jesse. Okay, so it was... Because Heenan used to be clowning mugs. Oh, yeah. Heenan, Heenan, Heenan was probably the best um, manager that you... The one, and then he transitioned to commentary because he didn't like, you know, want to get physical anymore, and he had some, you know, various injuries because he was a wrestler prior to being a manager, and then he transitioned to commentary, and it was seamless because he, he, I mean, he could talk, he could talk, and he he could uh, he could sell you, he could definitely put some butts in the seats or get some butts in yeah. the seats about how he would talk yeah. and. And it was really cool. But this one, you had Jesse and Vince. And Vince Vince McMahon, when he first started, it's um it was it wasn't the best. And to be honest, if you watch a little bit more, he didn't get much better uh, in his commentary. Because he you know, he he started to um, have to create these rules and um, wait, wait, hold on, wait, okay, there you go, because I keep hearing like breathing. I breathe, but I don't know if it's you know, it's catching it, it's, it's catching it's the big time. Hard. <laughs> yeah, it's catching the big time. Um, and I got the uh, the microphone way back okay so it's but it's catching some or maybe it's just catching like a, a a fan or something i don't know but anyway basic man didn't get any better um jesse ventura was always on top form for the 
for the heels, and and he was more of a heel commentary uh, commentator, and he would always side with the heels in the show. So, my reasoning for going back and and watching something. And then watching the current, the most recent one was because I wanted to see if, if you could tell the difference in the energy and the storytelling that was going on back in the day and what, how, it, how it differed and from today's product. Now, I know you might not know many of the personalities. I, To be honest with you, I do know the personalities that more in the the 2020 than I did in um, the 88, the the very first one. There were there were a lot of people in there. I know your boys was in there, the Killer Bees, jumping Jim Bronzel and B Blind B Brian Blair. He yes, was I was there. excited upon their arrival and disappointed at their departures. <laughs> I mean, but it was very the storytelling to me in. This the first Royal Rumble was severely lacking, and it just shows how far they came um, as far as when they tell a story in this type of match. Because this is the very first one, so obviously, I mean, they had battle royals before, but battle royals you usually start off with all the competitors in the ring, and then you start to you have a match. This one, of course, you start off with two. And then every two minutes, another another person enters, and then you know we, we're going through thirty you know competitors, and it wasn't it just it, it was just random after random. I think it might have had one, maybe two story beats where okay, so uh, this person he comes out, and then. The, the person that he's that he's feuding with is out next and he goes he makes a beeline for him and tries to attack him I didn't see a lot of that in the 88 I did see a, uh, it was a just good guys versus bad guys exactly I mean that's that's exactly what it was you had your um you had your people just coming in like how can I help you know, oh, you need a helping hand because you're getting pummeled over here in the corner? Let me come over here and throw some fake fists at you. And I, and I think um, when they established it, I knew everyone. So I didn't need the background of who they were or what they were doing. Kind of knew what side of the fist they fell on, and it made it easier for me. Now, when you look back at it, some of those heels turned into baby faces. And so it was different because I had more respect for them when they, when I was older and they became baby faces. So I was a little disappointed that they were heels, but then I didn't like them as a kid. So that also tells you the power of the marketing and influence that they had on uh, particular wrestlers because they could make the transition from being someone that was hated to, oh my gosh, uh, Bret Hart. But I still, as I grew up, didn't have that complete love for him because, you know, I didn't like it from the get. And all of a sudden, you are now the man in the belt holder like Hogan. Uh, I don't know. But for me, in watching the newer version of it, everyone knew him. There was excitement. You had a backstory to tell. This is the 13th 
wrestle. I mean, uh, um, 13th match like this that they've been in. And so you can see who they thought would be a favorite. You know, he's won it two or three times, et cetera, et cetera. For it to be the first one going in, there was no history before that. And so you almost didn't know what to expect because they didn't know what to expect. Yeah, exactly. And you you, you started off with um, you had Bret Hart, who was a heel at this time. He was and he was still in the tag team. He was still with the Hart Foundation. I think he he I don't want to say recently. I think he was there a couple years. Uh, him and uh, Jim Navo Nightheart. Uh, Jimmy Hart outside with the megaphone. Jimmy for Hart. No exactly. Exactly. And the mouth of the South. You had you had you know Dino Bravo, Ron Bass. I don't even know who Ron Bass is, uh, to be honest with you. Um, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, they Butch Reed. Butch Reed. You see Butch Reed and uh, Bret Hart teaming up. Uh, on the baby face was like, what is going on? And, and it was slow. It was plotting. There was no big, like, no big spots. It was a lot of big burly dudes, you know, you know, doing clotheslines and punching. <laughs> and you know, it was very few drop kicks. It was very few slams. It was just like the you know, athleticism was very limited. It was all energy based. And, and trying to hurt with kicks and punches. I think one of the things that for me was so astounding because as a kid, I really thought wrestling was real. But when I saw Harley Race get a handful of someone's hair and headbutt the back of his hand, and that man fell like he was shot with a cannon, I was like, no, you ruined it for me. <laughs> it was over for me at that point. It was hard to watch because I knew there was nothing going on. This was all theatrical. And um, it kind of ruined a little bit of my childhood. I won't say I cried, but there may have, may not have been someone chopping onions downstairs <laughs> and I caught a, an eyeball full. It was like, no. Not that I had high expectations for Harley Race ooh, at all. Ooh, oh, but oh my God. he was not selling a move at all. The person who he was doing the damage to definitely sold it. Like I said, it was like he got shot by a cannon. But anything other than that, I was like, come on. Yeah. And you look at certain entrances in the... In, well, my first issue, and I think this is uh, tied into what happens with horror films, is um, especially in this climate, man, as much as I didn't like Butch Reed, why you gotta go out first? The I said the same <laughs> the thing. The first, the first one out was the brawler. Like, wait, whoa, he's not good at this. He's a brawler. I thought he would be, you know, what? A, oh no, get out of there. I mean, I was just like, wait a minute, wait, Butch Reed. He, I thought he had to go first, and I'm like, it was like, mm, oh, really? It, it, it was so ridiculous, and. I mean, and again, it was just like, I mean, Harley, Harley Race, at this time, he had been a multiple time NWA champion. He had, um, you know, he had some really, really, really good battles with Ric Flair, but he with was those well past his prime. 
well past his prime in the WWF. A lot of people went to the WWF because, you know, this is when Vince was consolidating the territories and he was getting, it was making it more of a national product instead of a regional product. And he would grab all of the talent and they want to be big stars because they were up in New York. And, you know, you get there and you get you a big payday. You go to Madison Square Garden and you sell out the garden because you got Andre and Hulk Hogan on the card. You're going to get you some money. And you might, and, and then he had a marketing, I mean, a marketing, he was a marketing genius, pretty much. I mean, to what he, what he was able to do and how he's looked at today. Um, but, you know, getting back to this match, you did not see any of that reflected in this match. It was just like, wow. What is so this? how many guys in this first one came in like Jim Duggan versus how many guys in the last one came in like Jim Duggan? Like just about over half of the guys came running into the ring looking to spit fire at someone. Jim Duggan was the one who was like that, you know, just because of how he was. But everybody else is just like waltzing with the exception of was it uh, the big Russian guy. Oh, Vuk, uh, so Boris Zukov. Yeah, but he, um, he, he. I don't know if he couldn't tell time or <laughs> didn't know his numbers. But you just walk out with the person who's in front of you oh, and get mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm watching the time things for this, and it's like three, two. I'm like, bro, it's been 17 seconds. You know, so that whole two minute thing violation. <laughs> they oh. would just yeah send him. Uh, oh, yeah, must it have was been walkie-talkie or something. It, it was a, a, a or post-production work. at its finest. Uh, complete work. You had you had a former referee in there, Danny Davis, and he comes out, and I'm like, this is garbage. Like to see, you know, uh, Hillbilly Jim. I, I, I rarely saw because I think he was either winding down when I really got into. Uh, when I when I got into wrestling, he was winding down his career. To see him, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then he gets in there, I'm like, oh my god, what is this? Like, this is I mean, a grown man just wearing overalls. Like, <laughs> that's that's it. It's a boots. I mean, There's no shirts in the back for you. But then nobody else has on a shirt. So why would you expect him? Yeah. But that was his Andre the Giant. It was just jeans. You gotta understand that that probably cut somebody. I mean, the buckles there—that's a foreign object. And and seriously, I no kind. I mean, I mean, no moves, no no high impact moves. When you compare it to th- 2020, like we'll just kind of kind of just go back and forth because, you know, the story that they were telling in 2020 was great. Okay, so the first time ever, the 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 now WWE champion is entering the Royal Rumble at number one. He's going to be the first entrant, and he's going to make sure nobody is going to challenge him for his title at WrestleMania because the winner of the Royal Rumble, uh, not, I mean, I think it's this started in... Right, right. It started in uh, 90... I want to say 94... When the when the winner of the Royal Rumble got a, ch- a title opportunity at the uh, WrestleMania, but anyway, 
So and even in the logic in that is ridiculous. So I'm gonna fight 29 other men to avoid one guy in WrestleMania. Exactly. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, so you're just gonna cancel that heavyweight match at WrestleMania because I feel like doing it here tonight. It, it, it was it was so ludicrous, but it got the crowd. It, it got it, it got people to invest into this show. And this is right before, you know, everything happened with COVID. And um, uh, unfortunately, this this WrestleMania, because I remember this vividly, and um, this was the day that, uh, you know, the late, great Kobe Bryant passed away with his daughter and seven other people in the helicopter crash. And so for them to even, they, they acknowledged that they put a graphic up for him uh, to in the like in the middle of the show, so I thought that was per that was pretty cool of WWE to to, to show their respect. Um, and it wasn't even in LA; it was the 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 show was uh, emanating from Houston, so it was. It, I thought that was cool. But anyway, I didn't get back to that to the to the Royal to the Royal Rumble itself. So Brock Lesnar is going to fight uh, all these guys, so he doesn't have to fight at at WrestleMania. To prove his dominance, that he's the beast incarnate and all this good stuff. And he goes in there and destroys 13 people in a row, including his friend and, and college teammate, Shelton Benjamin. Um, oh, you can tell he was a sucker right from the start. They, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me shake your hand. Let me help you under the ring. Come on, man. Yeah, this is nostalgia. Come on. This is, this is great. You're going to love it here. We're just going to we're you and I. I'm gonna make sure you get to WrestleMania with me, and he fell for the okie doke. And yeah, just got suplexed and tossed out the ring. But another thing, another big difference is the the entrance music playing, because when with the pyro, with the the yeah, well, some some people had pyro. Only one person had like some really good pyro, and that was Edge, who had retired nine years prior. Um, due to injury and made his comeback for the Royal Rumble. So this was his first match back, and this was a surprise entrant and, uh, entrance, and he was, and you can see in his face, he was extremely emotional, um, and he looked he looked decent in the ring when he got in, but the, the energy in the, in, the, in the arena or in the stadium was just, man, it was, it was awesome. That and when music hits, when people when the, when they see or when they hear that that music and it's like oh yeah, the you automatically get that pop, you get that road warrior pop that everybody that fabled war warrior uh, road warrior pop that everybody wants to get. Um, yeah, even that Stone Cold like hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. probably the biggest one of them all. Either that or the NWO. Oh my! I mean, it was the 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 fabled. Roll Royer Pop was was that's where it came from is because the anytime that music would hit not the WWE version because I don't know but I don't know what they were using in the NWA and in the territories but anywhere they went they got the loudest reaction because they came because you know Roll Warrior Hawk and Animal just looked like two badass dudes with shoulder pads and spikes on them face paint it looked like straight out of a comic book. It was ridiculous. 
Um, or Dark Alley. You, or Dark Alley in Chicago. I mean, they, I mean, they were jacked to the gills, and they and they and they could move. There were some big dudes that could move, um, and they they really uh, they were the the I, I, to me one of the is the greatest tag team. They they you know no doubt. I mean, I I do have an affinity for the the Brain Busters, but that's just because I like Arn Anderson's Spine Buster. That was the, the, one of the greatest moves ever. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd like to see another Spine Buster just just off GP. I mean, oh my God! But um, hated was, them, but the <laughs> Spine Buster. Oh, oh my God! It was one in a Survivor Series against Shawn Michaels. Oh, it was perfect. Um, but we'll, 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 we'll get to that one, you know, in another, another show. But anyway, this one, so when you're, when you're watching 88 and you're seeing these guys just run out and the crowd pops and it takes a minute for you to register who it is, the commentators tell you, and then you see the guy, the camera work, you see him coming in and, and it's just like, okay, um, yeah, like that's cool, but who are you? Who who Sam Houston? What who? Why do you have a handkerchief around your neck? And why do you look so? He weak? was COVID ready. Oh, <laughs> it's COVID ready. Yeah. And the whole situation reminds me of, of video games and how back then it was so Atari, Nintendo, and now with all the theatrics and the uh, setting and the crowds and the larger environments. It's now the newest, you know, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. I think that's the biggest thing is they've they figured out what the audience wants, what tricks them, triggers them, and they supply it, and they get that for each person. I mean, I know the person probably has to earn it, and over time you, you uh, acquire that fan base and that reaction through all that you do, but back in the day it just seemed like, like you said, hey, such and such is coming out, and then they finally see them, and oh, and I didn't even notice a, a jumbotron, uh, and I may have been missing that, but I did notice a jumbotron uh, for the first one that would give people an understanding of who it was from no matter where you're sitting at the venue. Mm-hmm. So if if you have that, you know, you can see it for the new one. Oh my God, such and such is coming in, you know, which is great, uh, unless. You're on video and you run to the rope, you trip, fall, and go underneath the ring. <laughs> that that, that could so be a problem. <clears throat> or you, what is that, the shock master who ran oh. through and tripped and fell? Oh, that was the shock master, the most embarrassing thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, okay, we have a new contender for most embarrassing debut in the promotion. So the shock master, the former tugboat in WWF, he jumps to WCW. They give him this ridiculous gimmick where he has a glittered, a bedazzled stormtrooper helmet and a, a oversized raincoat sleeveless because Fred Ottman has some ridiculously big arms. And I'm pretty sure he couldn't fit that jacket. So he's out there shirtless with this thing on some jeans and, and cowboy boots. So they do the run-through and... They Sting introduces him. He busted the wall, no problem. 
Well, when they redid the wall, they put a, a, a two by four or a piece of uh, uh, boarding where his legs were supposed to go. So when he goes through to do it live, the pyro goes off. He busts through the wall, trips over that two by four, helmet falls off. Everybody's laughing. But British Bulldog, you know, is he fell right on his arse. You know, it's it was hilarious. And the guy that was doing the voiceover for the Shockmaster was Ole Anderson, and you can clearly hear him laughing. And you can clearly, as he's trying to say his lines, and Booker T is like, oh my God, oh my God, it's this is horrible. That's that was bad. So recently it's a new promotion out. I'm you know. We'll, we we talk all we're gonna talk all things wrestling. AEW is a new promotion, all elite wrestling. I'm on the fence about AEW. Um, I'm hoping that they're able to, to to take off and do some things and really compete with the WWF because I think it's better to have competition um, because the WWE has been resting on their laurels a little bit too much, I think, and just been kind of force feeding you a lot of crap. And without competition, they had no motivation to really innovate and do new things. And so, but uh, anyway, AEW has their show and this guy comes out. He's the new guy for AEW and he's the Joker card and he he's going to come out. And the first thing he does, he gets on the top rope, flips, slips, bap, bap, Hits the hits the ring, all just falls all over the place, and is embarrassing. So, and that's his first move he ever done for this promotion. That's terrible. That's, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. you know something. Your mom's not proud of you at that point. You know what I mean? And you, that's something that you, your move that you, that's your finishing maneuver, and you can't even hit it for. Oh, it was bad. But anyway, that's that was that. So when you have these people that come out and the energy, and you're right, there was no Titantron, there was no Jumbotron, nothing for the 88. It was just, you come out, here you go. Oh, the uh, the warrior. Oh, here comes the warrior. We hear it. We Because the commentators, if you're watching at home, the commentators can tell you who it is. But if you... Are in the arena, you just, you're looking for some dude running, and you don't know who it is until he actually gets into the ring. So you're just kind of cheering for nothing. You're cheering at the at the bell, like oh who's who's coming out, and it's just like yay or you know, and everybody just cheers. In the 2020, you people are are can can see who's coming out, and you see who they like and who they don't like, and who they just. Or they just can care less. He's coming out. It was one. Well, what's up with your man who comes to the ring, serenading dude? Oh, that's why right. do you have? You are the new age honky tonk man, and the honky tonk man, for as bad as he was, fake Elvis and all that, he made Elvis look bad and good at the same time. An Elvis impersonator with a mean streak? Come on, mean streak? Come on. This guy's waltzing. He might as well have, have had like a flower in his mouth. Um, what was that boy from um, Don Flamingo from <laughs> Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? He might as well have been him. 
and, and then with a little twist of leaping Lanny Poffo reading this, the, the, um, oh, <laughs> the, the poems poem? off of the Frisbees. Oh, oh, the genius? <laughs> The genius yeah, of world renowned. Let's yes. go with the let's, glory of yeah, Like, come on, man. What are you doing? You're, you're over here performing. It's a little concert because you have some talents. I'd have rather heard, uh, what's his name? Oh, because you know it's been a while since I watched. While somebody comes to the ring rapping. I mean, it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So that, and, and you notice how long that was. That took longer than two minutes. That was way longer. But it doesn't count until you get. You doesn't count until you get into the ring, or I, I don't know. I thought as soon as you, it, it may be you may be right. As soon as he got in the ring, because he didn't even get in the ring. Brock Lesnar got out and chased him, hit him with the guitar, and then threw him over the ropes. It was a true. And they got to sit there and wait. He. It, it was the first thirteen. Competitors. Wait, okay. Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. Did you even notice the biggest difference from the the biggest difference between eighty eight and two thousand twenty? So two thousand and twenty. Yeah, we talked about the energy, the the music, and all that stuff. Because that 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 comes with the you know the 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 advancements in time and. All that good stuff, right? But the biggest thing was that there was a, a, a women's Royal Rumble that they have now. So they have a Royal Rumble for just for 30 That's months. That's what's up. On the Me Too movement side of the game. Go ahead, y'all. So next thing you know, there'll be uh, co-ed. You know there there have been four. Get, get a couple of Chinas up in there and, and uh, okay, you say that. There 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 have been four women that competed in the men's Royal Rumble. China is one of them. Uh, Beth Phoenix is another one. Um, awesome Kong, known as Karma in the WWE, she 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 entered and then. Uh, a, a newer, a newer competitor. Her name is Nia Jax, and she's uh, uh, related to the. Rock. You said she, Nia Jax. Yeah. She's in wrestling. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a uh, she's a large. What was woman. her previous uh, industry of work? I don't know. Nia Jax. She was. She was a. Uh, it didn't work for Apple Jacks with Nia Jax. Okay. She 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 is a, a you know a, a large uh, Samoan woman, um, and she entered and and got got everybody like she entered. Uh, I think it was the 2019. She got RKO by Randy Orton. She got 619 by Red Mysterio. Uh, it was it was hilarious. Isn't isn't that domestic? I mean, I, I'm sure you got to sign the waiver, but in the world I live in, men don't you know do that. And nobody was putting their hands on Precious. Oh, yeah. Nobody was putting their hands on Miss Elizabeth. Oh, but no. maybe Randy Savage was a little over the top. Oh, he was threatening and all that. Jake the Snake. Issues. No, Jake the Snake <laughs> slapped her, and that oh, one angle. No. <laughs> He slapped her, and it's like you should have been at home in the kitchen. No, 
she had every right to be there. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was, I think that was right around that time where he, he put the snake on him and bit him. Um, on on TV when they when they had the cobra that was devenomized but it bit Randy Savage. Um, it, was, no. it was a cool spot. It was a real. Cool I spot. always was fearful. You got that snake there, and it's just gonna be happy in a bag and toss. No, no. Hey, I'd have been a natural Butch Reed if the snake came in the ring. That first one. How many out. people if Jake the Snake brought the snake in the ring are staying? Not many. I'm not. I'm out. I'll, yeah, I'll throw myself over the top rope and land awkwardly and break something before <laughs> I let that big ass snake be near me. Uh, and, and and so, did you see in the 2020 Royal Rumble the the best one of the best elimination? Uh, Brock Lesnar gets this guy. Well, he gets. He gets two people. He just flips John Morrison over the top rope. And John Morrison does a flip, boom, lands awkwardly. And that was that was a, a cool spot. And then it was a newer, a newer wrestler named Ricochet, who does like a he Brock Lesnar grabs him and he does like a little twerk. Or was it or was it Drew McIntyre? It was Drew McIntyre. So Drew McIntyre grabs him. And toss McIntyre was my favorite. I don't know anybody, but McIntyre was putting it. I didn't know. I couldn't tell if he was a baby face or a heel, but he has a talent. McIntyre and the the funny thing about McIntyre, so he he came into the into the the WWE. Um, Vince proclaimed him the next. Uh, uh, I forgot his, the the verbiage he used. It wasn't the next big thing because that was Brock Lesnar. Um, but he is the no, and the chosen one was Jeff Jarrett. I I forgot what his moniker was, but Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon proclaimed him to be the next big guy. It didn't come to fruition in his first run because he I don't know what was going on in his personal life or he was just, what was going on. But he he went out. He he you know left WWE and he went on to the independent circus uh, circuits. And uh, put put on a great deal of muscle mass, and came back looking like that, and just an absolute beast. Still very agile and, and athletic, but with adding that power set uh, to his arsenal, it was ridiculous. And he and he he is currently the WWE champion right now. As we speak, so he the it, the the it, the prophecy was fulfilled uh, after the fact. So it was that was kind of cool to see his maturation process um, from because I I kind of saw him from the genesis of his career and where he is now. Um, it, it, it was pretty cool to see, and that that kind of stuff gets you involved because with the with the IWC, what they call now the Internet Wrestling Community, there's a lot. Uh oh, am I uh, entering the <laughs> IWC? You, we are now entering. I'm walking that aisle right now. In the ring, 
You're not walking no aisle. You're already in the ring. <laughs> what did I, I, I come out of the crowd or something? You don't do that. Yeah, no, you just up in there. Really? Uh, what is it called? The I what? The IWC. IRC? IWC? Yep. Internet Wrestling. I'm, I'm the newest brother in the ring for the, for the IWC. So, you, <laughs> okay. you, you get a lot of, you get a lot of backstory about people. And, and that, and, and that's another, another topic that we could probably discuss in length in future episodes, but how, how you... I, I just like McIntyre. I mean, he, it was like the, the, the kick was amazing. I mean, you got the test boot, you got the sweet chin music. You can even go old school for the setup for the big leg from Hulk Hogan. Yes. But you and I, we discussed um, bad wrestling moves that are finishing moves that create the one, two, three count. And one of the running jokes that we have is one quarter of a double drop kick where only one foot out of four hits the person, and it just happens to be enough to get that one, two, three. McIntyre was teeing off almost in a happy Gilmore fashion on people's faces. And it was beautiful to see. It almost reminded me of a a soccer bicycle kick, line (laughs) drive gone bad. Um, it, it It was amazing to see him do that. I mean that move. It's in in its simplistic in its execution, but the way he it 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 just looks so good, and 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 how he performs it, like because you like you said he was teeing off, like when he kicked Brock Lesnar over the top rope. Now of course we all know there you got to sell, so the people have to sell. For these moves, and Brock Lesnar did a great yes, job. You don't have to. <laughs> well, you know, you don't have to, but if you want to continue to work, you Nash to... wasn't selling nothing. Uh, but go ahead. I mean, know, if you okay. say so. <laughs> Kevin Nash. Oh, God. I'm not going to say nothing about Kevin Nash. Nash. Nash would get hit with a move, and it'd be like he's swatting a fly you can't see. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not gonna say that about Kevin Nash because he will come to my door and try to beat me up, and I, you know I'd rather have a cigar and a glass of wine with the man because he's he's a cool dude. But um, so me too. It, he he is um, that move was it, it, it's a protected move right now. The meaning that it, you when you when he goes for it and he hits it, it's usually lights out, lights out. You know, and 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 then and they come, and those kind of things come. They go back and forth. Like you know, the remember the back in the eighties, it was the the patented crescent kick, which evolved into like the sweet chin music or the super kick as we know it today. Um, but it was like you know, remember or, or was it a savat savat kick that they used to uh, the, Haku used to always do that kick, and it was like it was just a transition move or King Haku? Yes. Yes. Um but that clay with no shoes on. No shoe you're right. I'm also mad at dude who came with no shoes. You don't put some shoes and boots on? Who didn't have any shoes on? Shoes and boots. Protect yourself, protect your toes. 
and a new one. I don't know who he was. One of the brown, long brown hair and bearded guys. He's coming out there with no shoes on. This is not that. Because when you think about it, stop it. One of the things I want to point out, because I know we're, we're moving on. Yeah. But the commentary was so much more important in the previous one. When you think about how well Jesse Ventura was able to build up folks, when you start with Chico Santana, which I was one of those ones who was correcting every time, it's Tito, it's Tito! <laughs> Chico Santana, just those little subtle things of getting his name wrong on purpose. And I was upset at the stereotypical things that, that Jesse was saying throughout the show about him. Oh, he's going to be making enchiladas and all of that stuff. If you are politically correct, those jokes are hilarious. Now, again, in this day and age, don't do that. And that's probably why there wasn't as much commentary about it and they're building up guys based on who they are, not their ethnicity or race or whatever. But in those times, I didn't, I understood the jokes weren't right. I can see the humor in them now, but it still ain't right. But that's one of the things that they used Jesse's commentary to sell the whole thing. Oh yeah, no, the commentary you're you're absolutely correct and, and spot on because there's a lot of, you know, if you you know once we go a little bit further and we watch some more older WWF stuff, you'll hear a lot of uh, Pearl Harbor from. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon, meaning somebody attacked him from behind. <laughs> or, oh, it's a Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, like, wow. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of inappropriate language and verbiage uh, that were being used to describe some of these people and, 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 and the stereotypes that they would go into. It was... It was pretty bad, um, and you to could be not a pencil neck geek wasn't a bad thing, considering all the other things that they could have said. I mean, it, and it for was, the record, I know we're moving on, but my favorite joke from Bobby Heenan because we brought him up earlier, yes, was saying that it was somebody who was a wrestler who was also a former football player, and that man said he sat the bench so much he can tell you what type of wood it is. <laughs> it's fine. It's walnut. It's soak. Come on, man. Cut it out. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Heenan, I really would like to get to, because I, I was taking, I was kind of watching it, um, and I was kind of just taking mental notes. I didn't really jot anything down, but I know you had something about the style and the look of the 2020 um, competitors. Like it was, you, you listed off a, a number of bald guys with beards and then guys with long hair with beards. Do you remember that? So one? in this day and age for women who like guys with beards, there was a plethora of them there. I have a beard. I might want to, you know, <laughs> go into the wrestling scene at 42 <laughs> and flabby. You could be big, you could be tall, you could be fat, you could be small with a beard. That was your ticket through customs to get in the ring and do some damage or be hurt. <laughs> so, you, I mean, uh, you're talking, so there was a guy, there was a big guy 
that that was uh, towards the end of Brock Lesnar's run, getting back to the 2020 Royal Rumble. His name is Keith Lee. Now, Keith Lee was the large black dude who came in, and you can see Brock Lesnar visibly like, oh, big boy, he, he, when, he, when he's walking up. And he's able to knock Brock Lesnar down. You're you talking about the one who was out there like a ballerina? Tiptoeing and all of that stuff? Was he doing, was he tiptoeing? He was doing little, like, dance moves. He was almost like a new age Coco Beware type. Did he, you know, the, the one that did, like, the little commando role? winks and all of that stuff. And then I'm strong, but I'm delicate and sensitive. So he was like the teddy bear dude. So, yeah, I think that's the same guy. He was the big power dude that came out. Um, I don't need no finesse out of you. And he and he did like a little. He did like a look because he's supposed to be very he a mixture of all things. He could do the power moves and he can also do your agile uh, planches over the top rope. And who's trying to catch his big ass? I'm just saying. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not in a wrestling game, and you know, in order to perform those moves, you need cooperation. It's without getting hurt. In the interest of what you said before. I'm going to be Scott Hall, and I'm going to catch him because <laughs> I don't want Scott Hall showing up to my door. I think Scott Hall is the only man on earth who can sell his moves. <laughs> Scott Hall, Scott, yeah, Scott Hall it was was a beast, and I, you know, I would love to do a show about Scott Hall just in his whole career because he 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 was a beast. But anyway, Keith Lee comes out. He's you know. The, the, he's an NXT guy. NXT is their development at this time, the development uh, brand. But now is their third brand. So they have Raw, SmackDown, and now NXT. And um, so people knew about his his work, and he, you know, and that that pretty much got him. That performance and the reaction that he got from the crowd got him to the Raw brand where he's main eventing right now. So he's he's a wow. main event guy. Okay. So he's, he's doing... I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, nobody did. So he's doing his thing. Um, and it's, it's really... you know, Is it a sign of the times? Like, is he earning it? Or is this, you know... Side of the times. It's kind 2020. Of, it's kind of, well, kind of a mix because his his promo work is good, but they they scrapped. They're putting a rocket to him. They're gonna they're putting a rocket to him, and they're gonna push him like like nobody's business. It looks like now he, it's only for him to 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 mess up. And but I take that back because, like I said, the product has become stale and very. Um, how do you say it's 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 the PG era, you know. We, we were we were we were in the PG era in '88. We're you know the cartoony. You got the ice cream yeah. bars. You got you know the larger than life dudes. But it was very it was it was in WWF at least. It was a it was more of a show. 
when you com- yeah. compare that to the NWA, it was gritty, it was dirty, they were fighting, it was blood. Yeah, you know, yeah. people were getting hurt. You know, and, and then they had these really, these really intense angles. You know, where oh, a spike pile driver on the concrete, he's out for six months, uh, and, and he's gonna come back, and, and, and all that kind of good stuff. We didn't have that. You know, the biggest thing that we had was. Hulk Hogan getting a chair, a table tossed on him um, by Andre the Giant, who was in a very large suit that was, I don't, I mean, that was a big suit. But anyway, that was that was yeah. the biggest thing that we had, or or Hulk Hogan getting his chain ripped off of him by Andre the Giant, and uh, you know that kind of that kind of drama that they were building up. But they're still larger than life competitors. Um, so it is a, it, it it is kind of a sign of the times, but it also the the air that we're in, you can you could only do so much, and the writing that the WWE does now, it's you can only do so much, and when you're restricted to the story, where you have to consider all audiences, you know these are grown men, and a lot of these men are in their forties. And they're performing at a high level. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot to get a, to be a wrestler. I'm not taking anything yeah. away from that. Um, yeah. And and to be doing this, like you have, you know, you know, wrestlers like AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, uh, you know, even Brock Lesnar, who's a part timer, but he's still he was still out there working. Randy Orton, he's he's getting up there in age, but they're performing at a high level, and. Um, really putting on some good matches, but you have these juvenile storylines. Oh, you know, he, he, he doesn't like me because, you know, my haircut. It's, it's, I mean, that's, that's, that's an exaggeration, but it's kind of on the same line. Like it's nothing like schoolyard stuff. You know what I mean? To be back in the day, like, oh, you, you slap my you slap my my wife. Oh, we got to fight. Or you you did this, and you know there there was an angle where Brian Pillman put a gun on Stone Cold. That and and Attitude Era. That was ridiculous. You can't do that now, you know. And it, it's it, it is so different, but it's still the I'll same. I like to Gilbert Arenas. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, Gilbert Arenas. Anyway. Um, it was so different, but it's still the same because of the story line you could tell. Like the emotion that you felt uh, obviously was more because of the crowd interaction now. And, and a lot of that is because of people are so invested beyond just what's going on on the television. They're... The, per, the wrestlers, they have a, a, a they they go out there and they talk and they do other things like through social media and and things like that, which is kind of hard because you're playing a character, so to speak, but you're in a real life arena. You know, Hulk Hogan is not his. That's not his real name. So Hulk Hogan on Twitter is Hulk Hogan, but all his legal documents is Terry Bollea. Um, 
How? That's what that's what he gets when he goes to the pay window, so to speak. You, you Dusty Rose I mean? style. And that's and, and I always like to say, I mean, and I'm I'm just gonna throw this in here just because this is the first the first show kind of give a little bit of insight about me. I got into wrestling after seeing Hulk Hogan, right? And you know, of course, we all know his Hulk Hogan to me is the Babe Ruth of wrestling because of what he did and how he put it to that level. A lot of people might disagree, and you know, it's a lot of a lot of people in the um, the you know, especially seeing. Uh, the work and stuff that and uh, the politicking and, and understanding all that stuff that was going on behind the scenes if you take if you take that out of it just seeing this dude larger than life dude come out hit the hit the big boot drop the leg do the the posing at the end with the championship belt just that the, the music playing everybody it it was as a kid, it was awesome. Now, Terry Bollea... That, that was, that you, you described the ending. The, I'm winning at first, yay. Then I've been losing for 20 minutes, getting the life beat out of me, and I almost lose the match, and then I almost lose it again, and the next thing you know, I get kicked in the face by a mule, and then I'm up with the Matumbo finger, which he created for Matumbo, and no, 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 no. And now I get this rush of adrenaline. No, okay. That made you feel like I can come back from anything. Yeah, it's the it's the Hulk up, the the training, the prayers, the vitamins. I I I, I feel. Oh, I, I had to work out all of that stuff. The little dumbbells, the tape, oh, all of that. Man. Little holsters and all. I did everything except uh, drink the egg. The raw oh, egg. And, oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. But no. everything else, I thought I was that. My brother and I, we thought we were little Hulksters. Oh yeah, I was a Hulkamaniac. Now you know, and I always and I and I always try to, you know, you, you Hulk Hogan is a character. We all understand that it's a it's a, you know, he's he's playing Terry Bollea, um Said some unsavory things about black people. Um, and uh yeah so that's that um but hulk hogan in the 80s you know the 90s and then when he became hollywood hulk hogan kind of had a renaissance of his career and and then he came back to the wwf and had a you know a little brief run that was good you know i was all about that i i, I liked that and i that's what got me into wrestling you seeing these larger than life you know guys and um, you know the the ultimate warriors. Even though I wasn't a huge fan, but he 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 was a you know as a kid. It's like who doesn't you know you're running around, you're just running around and it's beating banging beating on your chest and this impervious to pain. And you know you have shit matches, but you uh, you <laughs> you're just un unstoppable. And the energy, and he was very charismatic, but he couldn't talk. He yelled about nonsense. But anyway, um, then you think, then you start looking. As I got older, you start getting an appreciation for people like Ric Flair. Ric Flair um, is 
one of the greatest in-ring performers that I have ever seen. And I don't even think I've seen his greatest matches. Because a lot of his stuff, because he was came up in the 70s, a lot of his stuff was done in the late 70s, you know, to mid-80s. You know, what you remember about Flair is his bravado. He comes out there with the suits. Yes. That, you know, they're holding that big gold belt, the sunglasses on. And he's and he's um, out there and he's talking. Robes. And, 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 then, and then when he comes to the ring, he has the robe on. And, uh, yes, the music, it was, he, it was, it was great. You, you get an appreciation for that in-ring stuff and, 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 and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Okay, but I also, uh, you know, I liked Macho Man. Macho Man was, was, was really good. Um, Macho Man kind of superseded Hulk Hogan after after all that stuff kind of um, was said and done. Because um, he was right there, you know, the big, the second biggest name. You know, you know Hulk Hogan, you know Macho Man. You know, it's, who doesn't know Macho Man? It, um, except, you know, the people in the rap game, because he did have a rap CD and it was awful. Um well, not everybody can get with uh, Reverend Slick and Drive So Bro. So, uh, oh my God! You know, so, or any wrestling boot bands for that matter. Oh, oh, and I, I mean, and this is the thing. So you know, Macho Man was. I was at a because I live out here in in in, uh, in Nevada, and I was at Caesars, and Caesars had a Virgin Record Store, I think, in the back. Um, at the time, so I would go there periodically to go check out some stuff, see what because they they had the little things you can listen to the CDs before you buy them. It was pretty cool, and I just happened to be there and I was walking and there was like, oh, it's a signing, and I'm like, oh, okay. And they had like the stanchions all set up for people to come through, and it was for and I'm like, is that Macho Man? Like, is that a, what is this? Like, why is yeah, it was Macho Man promoting his rap album, Be a Man, where he has several tracks directed at Hulk Hogan and diss tracks. And um, it wasn't bad. I mean, it, the lyrical content okay. and his, yeah, his, bars? his cadence wasn't atrocious, but it was a 40-year-old man rapping about another 40-year-old man. Oh, was that Jay-Z and Nas? I don't know. Anyway, um... Maybe you should have went to the URL and been a battle rapper <laughs> out here. Just all acapella, straight bars on him. But... And now you, you probably hope that he won that, considering how you might feel about the other side of Hulk Hogan. Like, maybe he was trying to put people on and folks didn't know. Exactly. And I... And, I, and to this day... I regret there was nobody in line, nobody. And I felt sorry for him and I felt embarrassed to walk up to him and get his, and get an autograph or a picture because I was like, dude, this looks Did crazy. you do it? No, I just walked off. Man, look, I, I, I write I books. Yeah. To be waiting on people to come up and acknowledge you 
You are so hopeful for that one person who locks eye contact with you and has bought a book or wants to ask you about it or get it signed. So I'm nowhere near who Macho Man was, but for you to know him and still be like, I'm all set. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. Oh, man. Put he died put early for a reason of a broken heart, I'm sure. <laughs> Put the hand up as I walk by, like put my hand, put my face in my hand, like yeah, I'm, I'm not looking in that direction. It, it was, it was, it was bad, and I felt, and to this day, I was like, man, Dang, I, I was, raised you. He was like your uncle. I was like right there next to one of the greatest wrestling, and I and I and I I do have a passion for wrestling. I do enjoy, and I still. Like I said, a love-hate relationship, but I, you know, I, I, I am a wrestling nerd. I can talk about wrestling for hours, um, and to have that opportunity and to squander it this is like, man, I don't regret many things in my life. It was a reason why or whatever, but that one was was is, is tough to when I think in and in, in hindsight, it's like, man, you should have just went over there and and just got an autograph. You had a personal stanchion set up for yourself to keep you away from him. You were practicing social distancing way back. Come on, man. That's yeah. macho, man. You have to yeah. overcome that. Even if you don't buy it because you're on a budget and all that, you got to at least say, hey, man, come on. You Because to be honest with you, this has nothing to do with this podcast, but I've seen you shake hands with worse. Oh. <laughs> We won't go to any names, but the fact that you would acknowledge other people, Tempting but you would acknowledge Macho Man, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm low key disappointed in you right now. Yeah, yeah right. Seems like you're. I think Macho should have came out with a diss track for you, or spit some hot bars and just put your name in it instead of Hogan's. Oh man, yeah, I, I, yeah. You're, I mean, look, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, and you're absolutely correct. Um, but oh boy! So when you think about all of this, like like I said, they're kind of going all over the place. But it's the the emotion that wrestling created for me as a young child, and for you, you know you wanting to be a Hulkamaniac, you wanting to, to, it, it was just that the, and it was, you know, it was the marketing behind it, of course, and, you know, the, 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 the personalities and the charisma that, because not many people could do that, you know, I mean, you fast forward and you have like your rocks and your stone coals, um, it, it was, it was, it was it was different. So I just I found that looking like I missed the whole RKO era, um, and so I was accustomed to Stone Cold. And I watched some little videos or little uh, things where anything that happened where someone tripped and fell could be an RKO opportunity where they would somehow use technology to put him into that situation. But prior to RKO, 
the random haha I got you was a Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah. And so I understood that even when I'm working with high school kids, um, we'll be walking down the hall and I'd be like, Stunner, and they'd be arcade, no, bruh, no, no, which shows my age. And then to see the bald guy stunning folks and it doesn't have that oomph to it. Like he was part of Stone Cold was like the boot, the black boot hitting the stomach area and then bow. I mean, he was he was smooth with it. Yeah, he put some stank. And obnoxious at the same time. Yeah. So for me to see Randy Orton for the first time actually RKOing mugs and then how he was doing that, you know, he's you got the Texas rattlesnake and then he's what do they call him, the predator or something like that? The, the viper. But yeah, well that's the rattlesnake. It's a viper. It's same they're cousins. Okay. You know? Yeah. Neither one of them have legs or ankles. I can say that. But but yeah. the point is is that he was about to, to get at Edge and Edge is like, nah bruh, I don't trust you. But he was smooth with it. So in missing that you get to see why he was so popular, especially if someone like Stone Cold isn't doing the work that he's doing before and you got this move that comes out of nowhere that is deadly. And then you see this other guy who he's using Stone Cold's move, but I don't know. It just it's Oh just Kevin Owens. Didn't. Kevin Owens is he he just on the stunner. Yeah. It's it's not it's it's not nobody's good. selling his move like they were selling no. I mean you think about the rock selling the oh stunner. Oh, my, oh my gosh. It was yeah. like he was just flipping around for no reason. You thought oh he was God. doing mat work for the gymnastics team. Oh, my God. He was all over the place, but it worked. Amazing. This guy, I mean, yeah. So, so that was pretty much, this is the, the first podcast, hopefully, of many of uh, M&B and Parks already in the ring podcast. Um, and you know, we are already in the ring, baby, already in the ring. We, and we hope to, you know, join that, uh, that IWC and, you know, I'm just going to give a couple shout outs Zach, as, as we wrapping this up to people that, in that kind of inspired me that I, that I like to watch for my wrestling news, um, and information today, you know, rather it be just for funny stuff or they just, you know, uh, informative. Uh, Jim Cornette has a podcast. Uh, uh, Brian Zane, Wrestling With Regret. Uh, Steven Larson, Going In Raw. Uh, my absolute favorite right now. Right, absolute favorite. I mean, Jim Cornette, I, I listen to all the time. And, you know, because um, this is Jim Cornette and he's, he's awesome. Uh, but I love OSW review because they, they just really, they go through the, the, and it's a video podcast, so you can watch the show and they talk over it. And those three just really have, uh, a good time doing it. And it's, it's amazing. So, uh, wrestling bios, I, I you know, I, I watch, I watch a lot of that and what culture, the ups and downs with Simon Miller, just, to give a shout out to all of those, um, uh, you know, shows that I listen to, and that it, we will hopefully be competing against or 
you know, doing joining some, joining, the ranks. joining the ranks of them and, and, and just really having a good time discussing some some good old fashioned wrestling and just having some fun, man. I, that's that's what this is about. Uh just kind of reliving some childhood memories and, and just yeah. having a good time and going into it a little bit um a little bit more in depth and you kind of see it from when you were a child until as you're an adult and the differences and things like that is is really cool and I and I really enjoy doing it so uh you know when I asked you to do that I appreciate um oh no problem it. man it, it it made me feel great while you're giving shout outs but I don't know any of them other than Jim Cornette um shout out to grandma who was watching and thinking it was real uh, I don't know what all she was doing in there watching them sweaty men <laughs> run around and do all of their things, but she was into it. My brother, we were dang near British Bulldog and, you know, David Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid because he was older and I, I was younger. Yeah. And then growing up and watching it, we were sneaking and watching pay-per-views and we got to order a few until that bill came in. And after that, we were always watching it on television where it was streaky and, you know, you could see a little bit of it. A hip toss might have been a power slam, but we didn't know because the, uh, the graphics on the television oh, were yeah. off. It was scrambling. And then yeah. <laughs> going into college, man, uh, we were we would have Monday night parties where we would get we would get food from a catering service, we'd have like steak and shrimp or teriyaki chicken, and we'd have it on in two dorm rooms across the hall from each other, and you would go back and forth between watching, um, you know, Monday Night Raw and then Nitro. the, uh, and the, um, Monday Night Nitro. The Nitro. We're going back and forth. And then when I moved out to Vegas, we would do the same thing. Or just get some hot and ready's, yeah. and Monday nights that was something that I could look forward to. It was just the fellas getting together to watch wrestling. Yeah. So you know my my upbringing for wrestling was was tremendous, and probably around 2002 I kind of went on a hiatus. I don't know if I'm back yet, but the nostalgia is amazing and. I appreciate this. Oh yeah, definitely. And I and, and I, my last shout out, my mom, because she did buy me many pay per views, and I know it wasn't easy. <laughs> so I last shout out for that. So yeah, we we're hopefully gonna be doing this on a, a, a you know weekly basis, whatever. How are we going to do it? Uh, I finally got my studio kind of up and running. You know, uh, my girl came in and cleaned it all up for me. So got everything connected. Got my computer good and so we should be up and running and hopefully we'll be contending for those uh for those titles sometime soon uh but in the meantime uh you sign it off in the meantime i got sign a punch oh i'm going with a russian sickle <laughs> for old time's sake very sign it off with a russian sickle very one two very three while pulling the tights just in case, a little overexposure. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the heart the, punch on the Janet Jackson side of the game. <laughs> the, um, the the heart punch, you, uh, it is just they had to call off the match because you're just over there shaking because you're it, it, you're going to convulsions. It's over. It's over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> what? <laughs>
I'll sell it, but it didn't hurt. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Late. Late. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.